that one shift by the U.S. where they spend what felt like 10 exactly. minutes straight right. in our own zone. Couldn't I get the puck I, out. I said that about, I don't know, 15 seconds before they scored, they're going to score here because it just felt, it felt like it. When, it felt like when, it. Yeah. And it, it, it felt like that for the rest of the game. After that shift, whenever the puck crossed our blue line, it, it's like all five of our players forgot how to play hockey. All right, I'm just going to record it right away. <laughs> oh, what a, what a game. <laughs> Not an entertaining game. <laughs> Hold on, I got Yeah, get... definitely had me on the edge of my seat. I wouldn't say out of excitement, though, more so anger, but... Well, I don't know. Like, there wasn't even a time for me to get that angry. I was just... Well, it was just like, like all depressed. bad. Depressed, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I mean, there was a couple real frustrating moments. Like, I mean, I say that, but I can't name one right now. But just, yeah, the, uh, right from the start, they just looked a step slower, and oh yeah, the U.S. was getting in behind them on the forecheck every time. And once you start letting a team do that, you're never going to win a game. Yeah, I think you know, for me. Maybe the most frustrating thing was the Bowen Byram post um, on the penalty kill. If that goes in, changes the the game for sure. Mm-hmm. And then that Connor McMichael breakaway in the third period. He he's on his backhand, and then he decides like last second to go to the forehand, and he just like you gotta use your back exactly. Uh, gotta use your backhand sometimes. I thought top right was open over the glove but what can you do if if there's the two most disappointing players for Canada this year I think have to be McMichael and By Byfield the most disappointing you said yeah yeah I think both of them came in with so much hype I think maybe even more so than Cousins maybe not McMichael but I think Byfield probably had a bit more hype than Cousins coming in and I don't know. Even though they both put up more than a point a game, it's because we played Switzerland and Germany. <laughs> That's yeah. why they got their points. And besides that, in all the big games, I don't know. I just haven't liked either of their efforts. They play to the outside. They they give up on plays when they lose the puck. Like it, it reminds me of of the Leafs style Leafs, of hockey, yeah. to be perfectly honest. Matthews, like that yeah. that whole game. Just one of my friends texted me after the game and said that whole game just reminded me of the Columbus series and I have to agree with him. I don't know if it was just cause I haven't watched much hockey since the Leafs yeah. got out and it was just the same sort of frustrating feeling, but I don't know. I think, yeah, Canada was just on the back foot right from the start of the game. And Well, you knew us was gonna come out flying because they're coming off this big win against Finland, a battle. Like it was a war that game semi-final game they they were winning 3-1 and then Finland comes back and then you score in the last minute that's a big momentum boost heading into this game and I mean like Trevor Zegers said it before Caulfield said it before like they didn't think Canada had actually played a hard team this tournament and I mean he was right especially at five on five the U.S. was definitely the toughest opponent that Canada's ever played they were or played this year, they were winning every puck battle. And Ray Ferraro said that, you know, um, they 
I think they were out shooting Canada for the first two periods of the game. I don't know if we ended up catching up in the end. I, I would hope we, we did at least because we're trying to come back in the game. Um, but yeah, even like on the power play, we couldn't generate anything. Um, like the one bright spot, I guess, was that penalty kill. But that, that's, that's really it. Like, well, and at the start of the second there, that power play that we had, well, I think it was about, what, 15 minutes? Or five minutes into the period we had mm-hmm. that power play and we got a couple good chances so after that we had a bit of momentum yeah it was uh, a better period but yeah i yeah we had a bit of momentum for a bit but then it just we didn't capitalize on it and then it just went away and the u.s came on the on the front foot again so yeah i i don't know it was just like you said just such a sad sad game like we just we got nothing going yeah, I mean, obviously, it's it's not entertaining when you score no goals. When you get yeah. shut out. And Canada, like, I, I believe they scored the most goals in the tournament out of anybody. And then, of course, in the gold medal game, we lose and we get shut out. It's and not the just... Thing is, I know everyone will be talking about... Knight, obviously, had a great tournament. Everyone will be talking about him getting a shutout in this game. But I don't think we gave him any... We He had to make probably three maybe four difficult saves all game yeah. like that say that pad save he made near the end he didn't even see it it literally hit him exactly yeah they <laughs> said that on the broadcast too. yeah it, he did not see even in the replay he didn't even he just went down and it hit him and, yeah. and that was his best save of the game he didn't even see it so i think we made knight look a lot better than he actually was today we were just shooting the puck right out his chest all game i think probably 80 to 90 percent of our shots were just right at his center of his body into the breadbasket and you're never going to score goals like that. And then the other, we could have outshot the USA easily tonight, but we missed the net. Exactly. I was just going to say, yeah. 10 times on good chances. We missed the net. I was, it it was crazy. Like you're, you can't miss a net, miss the net on a point shot. Look at the goal that the U S scored, just a little weak shot along the ice. Somebody's in front to tip it. That's how you score goals in gold medal games. It's chippy goals like that, that go in. And you just need to shoot the puck at the net. You don't need to go for top corner. You don't need to go for bar down. You just need to shoot it at the net and hope for a tip, get some traffic in there. And then that's another problem right there. The U S was a lot better at getting men in front of our net than Canada was at getting in front of theirs. And even when a couple of moments in front, but yeah, we just barely had any guys in front of the net. It seemed like. And yeah, and even when we were trying to get guys in front of the net, the U.S. defenders did a great job of locking us down. And also, like, you just got to give credit to the U.S. defense in general. Like, like they were blocking us coming into their zone. Knight obviously, obviously played phenomenal, but they were hitting us. They were stick-checking, knocking pucks loose. But most importantly, they were just winning all the races. Um, but I guess on that first goal, um, the tip, like, I believe it was Gooley in front of the net and he didn't do a good job of marking his guy. That's how it goes in. And it's just in gold medal games, like it's the small things that, that make the difference. And it's all about capitalizing on the chances that you get. U.S. did that. Canada did not. On the second goal, it's, it's a pretty lucky goal, but that happens. You know, sometimes you got to have, you have to create your own luck. And it was unfortunate that the puck got stuck to the, back of the the net there and and they were able to to pick it off and Zegris obviously scored a, a nice goal well he's he's got great hands to tuck that in um but but yeah it, it was a, it was a bad game from the beginning it, it um i 
Canada, I think their first like two to three shifts, or maybe their first time, like once they got everybody on the ice, like that part of the game, they look good. And I felt confident. But then after that, just something happened and U.S. just, just kicked it shift. up a notch. That one shift by the U.S. where they spend what felt like 10 exactly. minutes right. in our own zone. Couldn't I didn't get the puck I, out. I said that about, I don't know, 15 seconds before they scored, they're going to score here because it just felt, it felt like it. When, it felt like when, it. Yeah. And it, it, it felt like that for the rest of the game. After that shift, whenever the puck crossed our blue line, it, it, it's like all five of our players forgot how to play hockey. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if it was our coach. I don't know what our no, coach. No, you know, it, this, this is exactly what happened. Canada had not let up a goal at five on five all tournament. U.S. knows if they get one, Canada's panicking because they, they don't know how to react. They have not let in a goal. So that's what happened. <laughs> like, yeah. Maybe it would have been better if, if Canada had just gone into a gold medal game without having that record. Or another record that they had was that they were never uh, trailing. trailing in the tournament. And then they'd never, uh, once, once winning, they'd never been tied. Exactly. Zero. Like, there's so much stuff going on. People were saying heading into this game that this was the best Team Canada team ever, right? At the World Juniors, arguably. You could make the argument. Yeah. So much pressure how, on them. How one game can now... Exactly. Now they're like one of the worst... No, no, not one of the worst, but one of the worst gold medal performances uh, at the WIHF World Junior Championships. For sure. For well, sure. I would just, just to go in our zone, I don't know what our wingers were doing tonight. I don't know if it was a coaching thing, but they were constantly out of position. It reminded me so much of the Leafs, our defensive zone play. Everyone just running around. There was no structure. The defense was playing the center's position sometimes. Wingers were down. They were up. They were in the middle. Like There, there, was, no, there was no structure in the defensive zone at all. When, when we got the puck we played around with it behind our net and rather than just trying to get it out and then not even to mention the dump and chase game. Yeah. It stopped working real early and we didn't make an adjustment. Well, that, that, that was our game plan. Like that's been our game plan throughout the, the whole tournament. Oh yeah. We, we get the puck in deep and, plan. but we would win the puck battles exactly against any other team. Exactly. The that's States. the difference. That's the difference. When you're playing a top, top team, you have to. You can still dump and chase occasionally because you have to. We saw that in with Russia versus Canada. Russia, as everyone knows, they don't like to dump and chase at all. But you saw against Canada, they couldn't get anything going that game. They probably had two good chances that game because they just kept on trying the same thing over and over and over again. The possession play to get across the blue line and it didn't work. And yeah. Canada just kept on trying the dump and chase game. But when you're slower than everybody on the other team. You're, you're never going to get that puck and it's never going to work out for you. So you have to, you have to make an adjustment in the game. And I, I thought I, I liked cousins coming out for the interview between the periods. And he said, you know, we're going to, yeah. we got to, we got to turn it around. We know what we're doing wrong. I went, okay, good. They, they know what they're doing. And then they come out and give up a goal a minute in, like you said, it was a fairly lucky goal, but still they give up a goal a minute into the period. And then it's just all the, the momentum they might've had coming out of, the yeah, is- we're making a lot of adju- we're we're making a lot of comparisons to the Leafs here, and I'm gonna say that second goal reminded me a lot of the boards at TD Garden in like a game seven hmm. when the Leafs were there. Remember, like I remember David Backus, Sean yeah. Corrali, they would always score those goals off the back yeah. of the boards. Like I was just like, oh no, am I am I actually watching this Leafs game right now? Like yeah. 
It, yeah, it was bad. Another uh, thing reminded me of the least, Bowen Byram's play. He's been great all tournament. Yeah, he's been but great. In the third period there, he looked exactly like Tyson Berry to me. Tyson Berry? <laughs> he was getting flashbacks. He, he was twirling around in the defensive zone, pulling it back, kicking it. Like, he... He just looked completely out of it that period. Yeah, he didn't have a good game. And he, he fell over, I think, one time, too, making a yeah. pass. And then he yeah, ended up passing it, just, it back to uh, Levi. Levi, yeah. I, he did not look at all good that third period, which it's unfortunate for him because he, he did have a good tournament overall. But it, it looks like the Avs have their new uh, Tyson Berry. I don't know. I, I still like Bowen Byram. I'm not going to pick on I him think, after well, that one I think game. Tyson Berry is still a, a decent NHL defenseman offensively, obviously not defensively. But I don't know. I I think Byram's a, a lot better. Well, I don't know about right now. I, I don't really want to compare NHL yeah, Tyson Berry to, uh, <laughs> no, to Byram. But I, I do think Byram has been good defensively as well as offensively in this tournament. Um, and he was good last year as well in the juniors. Um, but yeah, just, just an unfortunate game. Um, you like Cousins. What about tonight, though? Did you think Cousins played well? Because like, he uh, didn't get many chances, to be honest. No, that, that's the thing. My, my dad and I and my mom watching the game, we just kept on saying we, we barely heard Cousins' name tonight. And yeah, I don't think Gord Miller said a workhorse from uh, Whitehorse yeah, at all today. Exactly. Right? Exactly. He didn't, I, don't, I didn't hear that. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's every other game he was all over the place. You heard his name a bunch. He was getting the goals, getting the points. And then tonight it just – there was a couple moments where you noticed him. When he, the thing about him, at least – there wasn't any moments with him where he stuck out as, wow, that was an awful play. Whereas a lot of guys on team Canada tonight, you can't, that you can't, that can't be said. There was a lot of guys that made several terrible plays, but cousins at least didn't have a a glaring moment that I can remember. That was a bad play. And I think, I think that speaks to, to what he's done. Like he, he's worked really, really hard this tournament, like not just on the offensive zone, but, just making those little plays defensively, back-checking, just doing all the little things that, that I really like. That That is what set him apart from McMichael and Byfield. I think McMichael and Byfield have just as much skill as Cousins does. But I see them out there, and I don't see the same level of, of grit and hard work and determination as I do with Cousins. I think, well, the thing with Byfield, like, yeah, he just wasn't good. He wasn't no. good at... Like, he's not necessarily the best skater in the world, too, Quentin Byfield. I think they're definitely different players. Cousins is more of that workhorse, power forward, can get it on the forecheck. Byfield is more lazy, I guess, in some but way. But I think he can yeah. turn, turn into a, a guy who's a legitimate power forward in the league. I've seen a lot of comparisons to Evgeny Malkin. And we did see that in, the, in this tournament. He's a big body. He can use his body at times. He was finishing checks tonight, at least. Um, but yeah, on, yeah. I, I mean, I saw him a few times throwing throwing it around. But, but when you're that big at this age, I would hope you were going to be able to throw your weight around once in a while. Like, but yeah, like like I said, he has all the skill. Obviously, second overall pick, he's an incredibly skilled player, and he mm-hmm. has all the natural ability. But to me, there's there's a difference between just working hard, determination, and having the skill. Like, I, I see. I mean, to, to draw a comparison in the NHL, McDavid versus Matthews. 
I don't think just on natural skill, there's that much of a gap between the two. I think obviously in skating, McDavid has the huge edge. Yeah. But it, besides that, in natural ability, there, there's not that big of a gap between them. The thing that separates them is McDavid, when he's out on the ice, he's working 110% all of the time. It's him, Crosby, Ovechkin, all the top guys are like that. I don't think Matthews does that. I, I think... We're he's not there yet. He's not there yet. Yeah, we're, but, we're definitely going more to, towards the Leafs side here. But but, but <laughs> that that's that's the difference to me between Cousins and Byfield. It's just that level of commitment, that level of drive, that level of determination, and that it, the the performance spoke for itself. You can see it in in just points alone. I mean, we're talking about how bad um, Byfield and McMichael did. They both averaged a point a game. Yeah, they were great. Yeah, on the score sheet. But, yeah, I, I just I didn't like I didn't like to perform McMichael especially in in games past I think he he was just getting a bit unlucky he hit what three posts in that Slovakia game I think yeah or, yeah yeah whichever yeah Slovakia game and he he was looking all right but every game I would watch I would see a couple plays that just looked so lazy or careless and I'd say what are you doing and then tonight it was just all lazy and careless and and. I, I can't name a good play he had. He had that nice play poking it through to get the breakaway for himself, but then what, what did he do on it? He, yeah. he didn't. He didn't you know do what? It. I do want to point out, like, it's nice to hear. I don't know if it's nice to hear this, but it's different to hear some criticism about this team. Because I think for, for mostly, like, all the World Juniors tournaments, even in the past, like, the way TSN covers it is it's mostly just all positive stuff. They don't criticize these players like the way that we're talking about them right now, you in specific, Tyler. So it's cool to, to hear this, I guess, right? I guess after the fact, maybe we will hear some bad stuff coming out from, from Sportsnet and TSN and like criticizing these players a little bit, especially since they are not the winners of the tournament now. Um, but it is a, a different point of view for sure. I, and I like it. It's good. Um, what... What are some bright spots to take away from this tournament if you're Team Canada? Um, well, one player bright spot in particular I thought was Peyton Krebs. I think he yeah. had a really, really good tournament. He was always in there finishing checks. I think a player I see kind of a lot of comparables to is maybe Brendan Gallagher, just a guy that he's not going to average a point a game, but he'll get you probably 20, 25 goals in a season, another 20, 25, 30 assists and just finishes his checks. He's always in front of the net. He's, he's working hard. He's a gritty player. He's solid top six. So I think, I think Peyton Krebs has the potential to have a, a pretty decent NHL career. I think um, the Knights will, will like, uh, will like that pick. Um, I think he'll be able to contribute for them and, another what two or three years maybe i think he'll yeah. he'll be in the nhl and i think yeah i think he has the potential to be kind of a, a brendan gallagher type player yeah he's more of that smaller kind of guy but he's a bit pesty and he's obviously a great skater mm-hmm. um so yeah i could see like a gallagher like a hornfist or a hyman potentially yeah. like some, someone like that um but can also put the puck in the net so that's nice to have um I mean, the obvious bright spot, I guess, as well as is Devin Levi. He had a phenomenal World Junior Championships. And, I mean, even tonight, like, he kept them in the game. And you can't really blame him on the first goal because it was a deflection. He, yeah. he was covering the net well. It's just, you know, yeah, that you la- last second. On that play. Exactly, right in front. Second goal, complete 
fluke bounce. Lucky exactly. He's going one way, the puck goes another. It's yeah, I, I yeah, you like you said, you can't blame him for this loss. He still had a great game. He made honestly, it was a fairly even game in terms of not that many chances both ways. Like I feel like besides the two goals the U.S. scored, they had a couple chances, but they they usually miss the net on their good chances. I think. <laughs> Zegras had a really good chance that he zipped it over the top and maybe Caulfield had another chance where he zipped it over the top. Like on their good chances, they weren't, it wasn't stopped because of a good save. So I I don't even think Levi had to make any crazy saves tonight to keep Canada in. I think it was just those two goals that he, he didn't really have a chance on. And besides that, he played solid just like Knight did. But I, I think the main story of this game, it was just a, a pretty, it was just an even battle. It was, it was nothing that, that Canada had seen up until that point. And like, yeah. if, if you want to, if you want to find one excuse, I guess just blame the double IHF for the way they formed the groups this year. Like I, I never yeah. thought it was good that Canada is not the, the toughest competition you're playing up until the semifinals is Finland. I, yeah. I don't think that that's – I mean, Finland's obviously a good team. They can't turn your nose up at them, but it's who, who's the second-best team we play? Slovakia yeah. uh-huh. or the Czechs? Like, they, they don't even come close to Canada. So, uh, I think Canada next year will be asking for somebody else in their group rather than having – I think finishing in second means that they're in a, a, a group with either Sweden, Russia – or Finland again, I guess. Maybe two of those three. I think that's kind of how it works. Oh, okay. Um, it's based on seeding. It's based on seeding, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, because that's why because Canada won last year. That's why they had like the easiest uh, division this year. Wait, yeah, in a, in a tournament this short, I don't think that helps you. I, I really no. don't think having an easy group helps you because it's it's three games round robin and then you're right into knockout and. When, when you have to up your – or sorry, four games around Robin and then right into knockout. But when you have to up your, your game that much after mm-hmm. playing Germany with, what, four skaters? And, yeah. Um, Switzerland and then Slovakia. 16-2 against Switzerland. Or against Germany. Oh, was that Germany? Oh, yeah, that was yeah, Germany. And then Switzerland was 10 nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought Germany was okay, to be honest. They, they look good in the uh, – quarterfinal match that they almost beat was it russia that they almost beat i think it was russia it was 2-1 yeah yeah Yeah. well once once stutzel came back they they looked great and they had um their other player petreka i think is yeah he's a second round pick of i I forget stutzel was named uh i best i think best forward of the tournament uh trevor zegris was just named uh mvp um most points yeah so, yeah, that that makes sense. I guess Knight will probably win goalie of the tournament. I I I could see Levi winning that still, but yeah, Knight would would make sense too. Yeah, I think it, I mean it obviously comes down to one of the two of them. It would be nice to have Levi because that that is a great story. Just coming into camp as a nobody, a, what seven, like one of the last seven picks of seventh of round draft. pick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where who did where is he going? He's going. He was in Florida as well. Same as Spencer Knight. Oh, they're both well, Florida prospects. There you go. Florida's probably uh, pretty happy if uh, Bob doesn't, doesn't <laughs> turn it around this year. Then maybe he'll be uh, making ten and a half million in the AHL or as a backup. Yeah, I heard Luongo. He's saying 
He put out a video before the game that he's he's obviously happy that there's two Florida goalies in the final, and I think he he said that he uh, he doesn't know who he's he's cheering for, but he's got some red underwear on, if that means anything. Uh, you know, typical. He's, a, he's an interesting guy. Typical Roberto Luongo uh, on Twitter. Have one or two personalities around the around the NHL. There aren't too many, so it's, it's nice stuff. Exactly. Yeah, nice he's not that popular, too. but a TSN did a good job. TSN always has a good job promoting his stuff. He's just a, a low key good guy to follow on Twitter as well. I think it's Strombone is his Twitter Strombone. handle. So, yeah, follow that. Um, I don't really know where else to go from here. We, we just jumped right into this, by the way. We uh, we just pressed record. Um, but uh, disappointing loss. As the U.S. was getting their medals. Yeah, the U.S. are still. Uh, they're still singing the national anthem actually for the states um so yeah it's disappointing you see some disappointed faces on canada obviously and uh bowen byram i think he was in tears um cousins was trying to cheer him up a little bit like this this is a tough moment especially for for this year's team canada team because they were together for so long and all the covid stuff they had to do and quarantine and the cases that they had, they had a breakout earlier on and they had to self-quarantine. Uh, and obviously, Kirby Doc got injured. Um, so they were, out with, they were out without him for the rest of the tournament. And that would have changed things, I guess. You know, he's an NHL player. He would have impacted the game. He, uh, and the he, captain. I mean, they, they captain, named him captain for a reason. So Would yeah, have been I a think- great leader. Yeah, I think uh, they they had to go through a lot of adversity, a lot more than than normal. Just even a lot, a lot more than what people are are saying too. Because heading into this game, that was I think that was even one of my big concerns. We had not gone through any advers- adversity at all this tournament. We had been it'd be a, an easy coast to to the final. But if you look at US, they had to go through a tougher division, obviously, and then that game last night against Finland. Mm-hmm. Canada's just had it easy, but off the ice, they've gone through so much. Yeah, they've just, gone through just a to lot. get to the tournament. Like I, yeah. I, they said near the end of the game, they've been to the team Canada's been together for 51 days. Yeah. 51 days just without your family, just with a team of 20, 23 guys. I think you, you form a lot of strong bonds over that time. So I could imagine it's, it's tough to, to take the loss as a team, but I think a lot of those guys will, will come away from it with long lasting friendships. Like I can't imagine two months <laughs> with a yeah. bunch of guys, your own age away from your parents, just in a hotel <laughs> with nothing to do. Like I, they, they must've had, uh, Oh, they would have had some fun there. Yeah. They're off the ice, but I, I did want to touch on the, the U S how, this this could honestly just have been their year. Like the, you you look at the the 2019 draft. I, I looked at it before um, before the game started. The U.S. has had six top 15 picks in the 2019 draft. Canada only had two plus Kirby Dak, but Canada had Cousins and uh, Byram from that draft. But you look at Team USA. They had Zegris, Turcotte, yep, to uh, the Kings. They had Caulfield, Cam York to Cam York. Uh, Philadelphia, Knight to Florida, right? Um, Caulfield to the Canadians, and then Boldy to um, I think Minnesota. So that's right there. That's what three forwards, uh, 
two defensemen uh-huh. and a goalie. Like that's that's the that, core of your team right there. That's and those are the guys that played the most on US too. Like exactly, they were that, basically only playing their their top two lines, yeah. and then their defense is it's pretty elite. York, yeah, I think Sanderson their defense. Yeah, their defense looked looked really good. I think um, besides York out there, it it was a lot more defensive. Um, it's a lot. Yeah. They look a lot more defensive defensemen. They're all big, big guys. I mean, Canada, their own big guys. But I think Canada in this tournament is always known for more of their offensive for defensemen. Sure. But the U.S. besides York, they they're just solid back there. And I think their defense, like you said earlier, had a had a really good game because they're just they're just big, solid. They they can they know how to muscle guys out of the front of the net. They know how to get the puck in the corner. They know how to how to get it out. They can they can lay the body out a little bit. So I think. I think this was just one of the better teams that the U.S. has has been able to to bring to bring to the tournament. I, I at the end of the game, they were talking about how the the U.S. was concerned with this group, but I, I don't see how you could be six picks in the top fifteen of the draft. I I don't know. I think it's just the depth, years, maybe. I guess, but yeah, I just don't know how many years the U.S. can say that they have that many picks inside the top ten, top fifteen, whereas Canada only has two, three if Dak is there, but but two going to the tournament. I think this is kind of a unique, new, unique year mm-hmm. for uh, for the for the Americans, and I think they they capitalized on it. And well, yeah, yeah, they I did. Yeah, great performances from all the top guys. Even Kaliev, who was second yeah, was round good. pick in twenty nineteen, looked good. He's got a great was, shot one play on that power play there where he he had the the shot um from the top of the circle there there wasn't a canadian shirt within yeah 30 well, feet of him i, I rewound the, it the, it? the yeah TV yeah to watch it i was <laughs> honestly astonished at the fact it reminded me again of the leafs how they love to leave that that one guy just wide open on the power play for whatever reason i don't know and they leave the guy with the best shot well maybe caulfield is the best shot but second best shot on the ice they leave him wide open it's Thankfully, he didn't capitalize on it. But, yeah, that was definitely another moment where I went, wow. That's, uh... Yeah, I got to take another look at that. But he got two shots off on that yeah, one, exactly. too. Yeah, exactly. Because they there didn't was clear nobody the within 20 feet of him. <laughs> it's, yeah. That's what happens when you leave a guy that wide open. He gets a good chance. So, thankfully, he didn't capitalize. But Yeah, Devin Levi is too good. He, he could stop him. Um, he did let out the rebound. But, hey, we'll let that one slide. Most of them were just sticking to him all night, though. Um, but yeah, Kaliev, he scored the goal against Finland. He's, uh, yeah. he's a sniper. That was a good shot too. Quick shot top, right. And well, he's, uh, he is, he on that top line with, he's with, uh, Zegris and Turcotte. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that's mean, a good those, combo. Those top two lines are, are going hand in hand with, with Canada's lines. I mean, arguably better. Oh, that, that first line is probably the best in the tournament. Yeah, I think line. I think at this point you have to you have to give them that they're they're the best line in the tournament. But yeah, I I thought Canada would just have the depth to to get by to to power through. I thought Canada looked amazing against Russia. Yeah. I thought Russia was. I mean, it it probably wasn't Russia's strongest team they've had. What happened to Russia? What do you what do you think it was like? I think their goalie I- just looked terrible against <laughs> us. I think. <laughs> as Ray Ferraro said, he didn't know how to hold on to his stick, which was pretty crazy how many times he dropped it. But I, I noticed with I think it could it had to do it had to be something to do with him catching with his um right hand. Yeah. I, I noticed 
the Canada was gunning for that shot just above the pad, just below the glove, and they scored every. I think three of their goals were on that side, on his glove. He just, yeah, I don't know. Askarov, first round pick this year with for uh, Nashville. I don't know if I'm a fan of the Predators. I'm I'm not looking too too thrilled with with that pick of top 15 you're going a goalie and I don't know he looked pretty shaky against Canada and yeah I think Russia just I I don't know I I think they were I think like in years past the Russians have had this swagger about them and this cockiness level and they were able to come back when when they were down and, and not let any lead kind of phase them but they got down in a lot of games this year, and we definitely saw that yesterday. Because even when Canada scored in the first 30 seconds, like, it's, it's not over. It's not over. And then I think it was 3 nothing by the end of the first. We've seen some crazy Canada-Russia games. We've known that Russia can come back in the third down three. That happened in, I think, Saskatoon. That was the Braden Shen year. Uh, and uh, yeah, 2010. And then obviously, I think the year after that with Mark Stone and Huberto, we were losing 5-1 and then we made it 5-4. There's been some crazy games. And then just last, last year. Last year, yep. Back from down three goals in the third to, to win it. Exactly. So I don't know what it was. Also, I, I realized that I think it's a different coach. They normally have that other, like, smaller Russian guy. Well, yeah, they, they brought Lirianov in this yeah. year, which obviously was a great player. But, um, yeah, I don't know what, what made them want to want to change the coach. I mean, I think that guy had been around forever. Exactly, maybe just before. retired. He, yeah, he he's the only coach I remember them having. Exactly, yeah. A pretty distinctive look. He, looked he would coach the Olympic the team. the most Russian you could look. Yeah. So he, he kind of stuck out on the bench. But, yeah, I, I don't know why they, they decided to move on from him. But. Yeah, maybe it was just um, lingering feelings from last year. Getting, I don't know, with that terrible loss. Like just, I, but I mean, there's not that many returning players. I I don't know. They just looked. Their team just wasn't good. Yeah, I guess. I, like... I guess it just could be. It just wasn't their year. Like I think. I think every year in this tournament, it's just one of the big teams, um, just looks a little bit worse than normal. It's just that's the way it goes I think with certain birth years I guess 2001 was not a good year for Russian hockey and um, who knows next year they might come back and and look even better than the U.S. but yeah this year I don't know same with the U.S. in the first game yeah convincingly too yeah so it it, it was just very weird I I wasn't (laughs) expecting to have such an easy game no definitely not Russia but after the first 10 minutes, I went, I don't see how we're going to lose this. It wasn't even like Russia was right there. They just needed a bounce to go their way. Like they just looked flat out of it. And just like we look tonight, just, just flat. Like what, for whatever reason, just. just you got to give credit to us though. They, they played do, phenomenal. Like have to give we tried, we tried, I guess, but, but I don't th- we, we weren't ready. We weren't ready. Effort. We weren't ready. Yeah. I think it's that simple. We weren't ready. We didn't put, I we could have given more. I just there was so. Did many we times. underestimate them? Did I guess? I I think, I think it's more them? just the the competition level. To be to be honest, I think I don't think we underestimated them. It was just we didn't expect 
we were just caught off guard at how good they were compared to everybody else, all the other teams that we had played. I think, I think that's what it was. I don't think they, I think they recognized that the U S was, was a great team is a great team, but um, yeah, I think it's honestly just. We, hard work, hard work beats talent. I think that's exactly. what all it is. Well, it, it's interesting to see when it seems like when, when you're the, when you're the team that's always getting beat to those, to those pucks in the corners or to get the puck out of the zone, the bounces don't go your way. Uh-huh. For whatever reason, there were so many times this game where the puck skipped over a stick or a guy overskated it or a guy fell over. Like when, when you're not the harder working team, the luck doesn't go your way, whether that's the, the hockey gods. That it's the hockey gods, yeah. Or whether it's just, I think hard work brings about good luck. And I think it, it's quite evident when, when you see just when, when a team is not working as hard as the other team, the bounces don't go for them. Yeah. And if you want to chalk it up to just complete luck, if you want to chalk it up to the gods, if you want to chalk it up to whatever, it's, it's just something that happens. And we saw that tonight. Yeah. I think also just the U.S., really embraced the fact that they were the underdog and they felt not too much pressure. Obviously Um, they knew what we were talking about up here and the excitement that we had about this team and comparing them to like that 2005 team with Crosby on it. Um, And yeah, they just went in like, I guess as the true underdogs and they were like, really, you're going to underestimate us like this? Like, you should be talking about our top guys. Like, we have the Zegris guy who's insane. He's, you know, tied for the tournament lead um, in points. Um, and, yeah, I, I don't think Canada underestimated them as well. But uh, it just came down to who wanted it more. And U.S. really just didn't want Canada to win. And, unfortunately for Canada... I think it's now the fourth year in a row where they've lost or not, not year in a row, but the fourth time um, in a row that they've lost to us in the gold. Yeah, medal I, game. I had no idea about that. I, I was surprised to hear that, but yeah, we, yeah. Or we're one for five in. in gold gold medal we just won the first one. The US. Yeah. I, I wasn't in town for the shootout one where Troy Terry got it. I was in Cuba at the time. That was actually a stressful time for me because I left for vacation, I think, the day before the tournaments. No, the day. No, not the day before. Maybe the day after. What year was this? This was 2017. It was like two days after the tournament started or something like that. Yeah, I remember this. Yeah, I remember you being away for that. Yeah, and I didn't have Wi-Fi. I couldn't see anything. Troy Terry. Troy Terry? Troy Terry, yeah. Oh, I'm thinking of another terry he's the uh he's uh, on anaheim right yeah anaheim yeah anaheim i'm thinking of who's the other terry i think he was on san jose maybe no oh oh terry there's another terry there is another terry you're right carolina i swear he's in toulouse he's an nhl 15 on carolina he's like a fourth line player like gotta look Chris this up. Terry, maybe? Chris Tierney? Uh, no, Chris Drury? Chris Drury? No, there's a, there's a Terry for sure. Terry, he played for the Carolina Hurricanes. I, I know it. Okay, Carolina Hurricanes. Chris Terry. Chris, yeah, Terry. Chris Terry. Yeah, you're right. Drafted in the 2007 NHL draft. 
What's he doing? He's 31 years old. Uh, I'm trying to see if I can pull up his hockey DB. He is in the KHL. He he did play with Carolina uh, from the 2012 season to the 2016 season. Uh, And then he went to the AHL. He was with the Jets organization. And then he actually played 14 games with games with the Canadians in 2016-17 then went back to the AHL for three years and now he's in the K and he's got two goals in three games Good for you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <That's Terry. laughs> this guy yeah yeah I remember that face from NHL 15 <laughs> I remember him Terry yeah I feel like there's another Terry I must be thinking of a Oh, I'm probably thinking of one of those uh, created created players that I used to have on like one of my GMO teams. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, Sweden as well. They uh, they lost their their streak in the round robin series, but I mean they were going through some also some some bad stuff with with COVID, and they lost a lot of players. Uh, so it's unfortunate for them, and also they had the death division with Russia and U.S. So um, sucks for them. It's a long streak, but it came to an end, and I guess that's one of the big teams that that kind of fell off this year as well. Um, but they'll be back strong. Sweden always has a, a good team, I would I would say. So you know they'll be they'll be in contention next year. They'll be healthier, hopefully, and I think I think this one. The one next year is also Red Deer, um, yeah. so th- hopefully there's there's fans in in the stands, and that energy will help Team Canada hopefully as well. And I want US in the gold medal game again next year. I want to see it. I, I need some redemption, and I don't know that this loss like it sucks that we lost, but I don't know if it's that heartbreaking. Maybe just because, like, we started the game playing bad. But think, it's not like an overtime loss like that bad. I think it's just COVID. I, I honestly... Yeah, and no fans kind of no helps just too, yeah. Everything being so different, I think it's taken the, the passion out of the game. Like, I just remember back to the Leafs series. Obviously, I was frustrated that they lost, but it was just kind of like, oh, whatever. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. It wasn't as heartbreaking as it has been in the past. And like you said, I, I don't feel that uh, that heartbreak I... by, by this tournament. Maybe we're just getting older. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah, exactly. We feel, uh, yeah, such I, intense feelings. I do have to say that, too. I, I uh I had a realization, and I'm not even sure exactly what this is as I'm saying it, but I had this realization as I was watching the game. And I remember when I was younger, um, there would always be the, these crazy comebacks that we saw, right? Like, and I just remember watching them. And like Emperor Lee's goal with exactly. like 10 seconds left. And... Yeah, or six, six seconds, 6.4 or something like that. Yeah. Um, and then his, his tying goal against the U.S. in that gold medal game and um yeah just so many memories john carlson i guess that goal was was big for the u.s and i remember that kuznetsov year um with russia that was exciting kucherov was on that team too um so yeah moments like that um and just watching this game and i was thinking about what was going to happen and i was just like you know what canada's gonna just gonna get a lead and we're just gonna keep it like that's it like 
and I, I don't know if that's just me being mature about it. Like I'm not, I'm not for the, the excitement anymore. I'm just like, let's get the dub. And like some, yeah. I'm in a group chat and they're saying like, I just want it to be an exciting close game. I don't care. Just, just get the dub. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if, if that's just because I'm getting older. But yeah, I think it's definitely taken a little bit of the magic out. Like, well, yeah, when you're young, and I'm putting I'm putting myself in these guys' shoes because they're our age. They are yeah. our age, and like, how would I handle it? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm just thinking, like, if I was in the locker room right now, how would I be feeling? And you just have to. I I, I don't know. I don't know what they're going through, but you just have to. I I was more calm watching this game. I would say, I wasn't. I wasn't up on my seat until about the five-minute mark left in the third period. I was just chill. I was chill throughout the whole game. But when I was younger, for sure, I would have – and I had no superstitions this year. No superstitions wow. at all. Yeah, that's, that's big a big thing. You. That's a big thing, too. <laughs> I would always have a superstition when I was younger. Depends on where I sit, where I stand. The only, the only change I did make, I was wearing a white hoodie to start the day. Changed it to red like 10 minutes before game time i was just like i'm gonna put i'm just gonna put red well the white would have been for us and i was like uh ah uh, it's my fault isn't it <laughs> <laughs> i would have i would have worn my uh my team canada shirt but if i they got won. it about what what year was the tournament in buffalo that would have been oh that was recently that was 2018 oh no 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 the one before that oh. it was in buffalo like probably 2014 maybe something okay. like that I got that shirt because my parents got me tickets to watch. Was it? I think it was a quarterfinal game, Canada Switzerland, and they they got me that shirt and the ticket. So I I was gonna put it on for uh, for the video here. For we call, just started but, too fast. <laughs> but you no, know, it turned. I I tried to put it on over my head and it got to about here and then it just. Kind oh. Of <laughs> oh man. So yeah, it's uh, kind of clear to see that this is a little bit too small. You got to come oh, to Hockey Life and we'll get you, we'll get you a new oh, one. Oh, yeah, you'll get me set up. Oh, I got to get a custom one. It. I'll have to keep it. It's, it's not like a jersey. It's just kind of like a long sleeve t-shirt. Oh, okay. I see, I see, I see. But I'll have to – I'll save it for my niece when she's yeah. old enough. That's a good present. Good memento, yeah. yeah. Um, was she watching the game? At uh, back in uh, Burlington, <laughs> no, too late for her. But she's she watched some of the earlier games for sure. Um, the round robin game she was watching. And, nice. Yeah, cool. but tonight a bit too late for her. I don't think she uh, she got to stay up for it. True, true, true. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I think the only Canada jersey I have is a Sidney Crosby one, the 2010 Olympics oh, one yeah. with with him with the A. But uh, I, I want to get a custom one. Year? Oh, Niedermeyer. Uh no. I don't think oh yeah, yeah. I think so. I think it was Niedermeyer, yeah. He was a great defenseman. I think just look that up. I I I think we just caught at like we caught him at the tail end of his career, but the fact that he was captain in Canada at the age of like what thirty seven? Thirty seven, thirty eight, yeah. I think he was Yeah, it was Niedermeyer. I think it was Crosby and Taves. I don't I know Cross sorry. Was Crosby assistant that year? I feel like Aginla probably would have been an assistant. I have a Crosby jersey with an A on it. It maybe it was another maybe it was 2014 Olympics, but I feel like I got it in 2010. Or maybe he was wearing an A, and I just completely forget that golden goal right now. I don't know if he has an A on it when he's celebrating. 
It's bugging me. I gotta look it up. Um, um, what else? Where do... not, it's not tw- 2010. 2010, Vancouver Olympics. 2014. But then why did we have... When was the last Winter Olympics? 2018, I think. Did we have one in 2018? Yeah, yeah. Crosby does not yeah, have an A at the Golden Goal. Jeez, uh, 2018 <laughs> Winter Olympic Games. Winter Olympic, that was in uh, Pyeongchang. Yeah, okay. Right. And then okay, Russia, Russia was... That feel like two years ago. That feels like it was like last year. It does not feel two years ago because that's the year that Canadians didn't go. Yeah. Canadian NHL players didn't go. And then Russia was 24. 14 then yeah yeah russia was 2014 we won gold again against sweden um yeah crosby didn't have an a in that one but i'm gonna have to check my jersey after this um yeah i mean world juniors is already is always a great tournament especially in canada and you would you would like to see the u.s and uh other countries get more involved into it um i don't know if it's ever going to come to that russia they're gold medal game with canada last year got like 36 million viewers in russia which is uh-huh. a pretty crazy number so i think i think russia cares about it a lot i think finland cares about yeah, it a lot. the I europeans think yeah. has a little bit of care but I, I think it's i don't know it, it just seems to me like having 10 teams seems a, a little much just with how much of a drop-off there is even from like the seventh eighth team to the ninth tenth team like czech republic and slovakia can at least put a game out there and keep it with keep it within a double digit deficit but i don't know it's always those ninth tenth teams really just come out there and they they make you feel a little bit a little bit bad like it's just kind of what's the point of them being there what's i mean i'm sure they're happy to be there and i'm sure it, it does great for their program but i don't know it's it just seems it seems like they could do well to to chop it to eight teams um i don't know i don't know just just the thought it just seems like every year you. i don't know you just you'd like to see more countries get involved in it i guess and maybe they want the world juniors to reach a a larger audience and give more guys opportunity to play even though it's not the best competition like honestly some of that relegation stuff, and I don't. There was no relegation this year, but that can get exciting. Oh yeah, I'm sure for the countries <laughs> in it, it's very exciting. Like, yeah, I don't think people realize hockey is played like across the world. Like, there's there's hockey in Asia, there's hockey in. I'm not sure. I doubt there's hockey in Africa or mm. South America, but like Asia, like even European countries, you don't think play hockey. Like they have pretty like my my brother-in-law's brother who who was playing professional hockey he was in the he played college actually funny story the u.s coach was his coach at union college and university oh wow yeah so he he played at union college played with shane goss at union college there and then went to the echl played there a couple of years and then went over to hungary and played there for for a year or two and like the fans over there seem to love their hockey obviously it's a it's a smaller group of fans but but they're just as passionate over there so i think i think it'd be great like for however many years down the road it is one day to have the world juniors is like a 20 team competition maybe just 
if if hockey can can get a reach that far like there's some big countries in Europe that it could still catch on and like France is has a hockey league they they produce some players in the NHL like um Belmar and who's that who's that famous goalie they had he was on Chicago oh what's his name um no, it's I like a weird, it. I don't know, short name, but he he like I don't know. Just the hockey's played all over the all over the world, and I think if if one day they could get to kind of maybe even maybe twenty is a bit big, but like sixteen something like 16, that, 14, 18, something like that. I think that would be be great to see just teams from all corners of the world. Like that that tenth place team. It is interesting every year to see what team is in it because you know this year was Austria, which we haven't seen, and I don't know. Was this their first year in it, or I I haven't? I think they them. must have been in it last year too, because oh, really? I think you have to uh, like they must have not gotten relegated last mm. year. But um, then it's like I don't know. You see Denmark in there. You see Norway. You see Kazakhstan. Shout out Nick Antropov. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. the The World Juniors is just always in a always an interesting uh, interesting thing. It'd just be nicer to see more and more countries get involved every year as hockey grows a bit it'd be nice kazakhstan see. was in it last year actually mm. Hung- um not hungary um austria they, they weren't in it last year actually yeah. so it was their first year but uh yeah kazakhstan was i guess the only uncommon team or germany germany was also uncommon but they uh if they keep developing guys like stutzel then they might be a mainstay Stutzel, for for a while. Yeah. Um, who's Moritz Cedar? Cedar on Detroit, big on guy. Detroit, that Petrica guy. This yeah. Year as well, I think. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, uh, it'd be it'd be great to see Germany kind of develop the they're one of the biggest countries in Europe and definitely have the the potential to to be a good hockey nation if they invest some money and get get youth into into hockey. So yeah, it's. It's just nice to see hockey kind of expanding out beyond just North America and all over the world. And I think the World Juniors is kind of the best way to showcase that talent. Um, Uh Because it gets – I'm sure teams, NHL teams, pay attention to the competition. Um, 100%. Like those are their prospects too, right? Yeah, they're either their prospects or they're guys that are coming up for the draft. And this gives them the the best exposure that they're ever going to get. They're playing at the top level competition for their age in the world. And I think it it does great for for scouting for those players from, from countries that might not be the top of the list to scout in, like Czech Republic, Slovakia. The NHL teams might not have too much scouting there but their young players come to the tournament and they get some exposure and yeah i think i think you'll see like um i don't know a guy just a name that stuck out was lambert on uh finland, finland? kind of yeah. an interesting name for for a finnish player but he mm-hmm. looked he looked really good and i think his draft year is maybe even 2022 if if it's either next year or 2022 and he could be a top guy in his draft he looked pretty good out there so yeah it's it's just always nice to see young guys from countries that might not get that much exposure have a chance to show what they what they can do yeah 100 percent. let's hope that there can be some more guys like that in the future um so yeah um i do want to talk a little bit of leafs 
Just a okay. little bit. We we've been going for almost an hour. <laughs> wow, you, just, you said you, oh, we'll just do like twenty minutes. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I said. Like, I, I was kind of tired. I told Tyler that I'm not even sure if I want to do a podcast right now after that loss. But he was just like, yeah, I got some things to say. So I was like, okay, say less. Let's do it. Um, but uh, I don't think I'll get you on before the season starts, the NHL season. So um, don't have any questions prepared. But I guess what is uh, what are you liking about the Leafs this season? Um, what are you liking about what Sheldon Keefe has done with the lines? Let's let's go with the lines topics. Yeah. Do I have to say something I liked, or can I just go to something I don't like right away? Just what your thoughts are. I already. Don't, you don't like them? Why? I, why are we playing Thornton with <laughs> Matthews and Marner? That is going to last, honestly, maybe less than one game. Why are we playing? Dude, no, 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 no. Not, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's gonna last like a period. Actually, you don't Keith, think it's Keith, no. Keith has said it's not gonna last the whole game. It, they're gonna start on the line. They're gonna start the games together, but Thornton's not gonna stay on the line throughout the game. That's what he's already said. He said that in interviews. What's the because Thornton? Thornton's. I know what you're gonna say. Thornton can't play the same minutes as Matthews well, and Marner can. Yeah. That well, no, and that's he's not his plan. He's just not. But why? What's what's the benefit of? having them go out for the first shift not it's not just the first shift but like i'm saying majority of the shifts they're not going to get majority of the shifts together like well, they'll play like i don't know maybe half maybe a bit more than half but thornton's not going to be getting 20 minutes a night he's probably still going to be like sheltered minutes 14 minutes tops but i love that line personally joe thornton is one of the best passers in the game mitch marner is one of the best passers in the game and you got Austin That's Matthews true. as the sniper. But listen, Zach Hyman has always done such a great job playing alongside Matthews. Okay, yeah. I've I, He's probably been the least frustrating player for the Maple Leafs since he started playing regularly. You know exactly what he's going to do. He's going to go out. He's going to give you about 20 goals. He's going to go get the puck in the corners. He's going to do what Marner Matthews won't do and that's take a check or lay a check try to hit somebody and I don't think he deserves third line minutes I think he deserves to be on that top line I I do like Keith going with Matthews and Marner together I think I think they make a better pairing than Matthews and Nylander do um I, I like I like the two of them playing together they they when they played together in short bursts they seem to to have a bit of chemistry and be able to to get things done I think Pairing the best passer on your team with the best shooter on your team is a pretty good move. Um, and, yeah, I, I like that. I just I just don't see how Thornton is going to work out playing alongside them even for 12, 14 minutes a game. I, I, I just don't see it. I, I know they brought him in for a reason, um, but I, I just I, I don't think it's going to work. I think, I think a couple games into the season they're kind of going to ditch that and hopefully go back to, to Hyman up there. Um, yeah, that that's just my thoughts. But I like I like the way their defense look. I think um, Brody should hands and toes cross or fingers and toes cross be be a good defensive uh, guy defensively. I think I think if we can get good defense from Brody and still have a full healthy season from Muzzin, I think we're already ten times better on defense. 
Um, yep. I think Riley has the chance to bounce back. I don't think he'll be as good as he was two years ago, but I think he'll find some sort of middle ground between, uh, between apparently he's going last year. Apparently he's looking real good. He, uh, I think he got to the uh, facility like two months in advance and he's been working out every day and well, he looks good. a lot bigger. And uh, apparently Keith, uh, I think Keith got a question about um, – Anderson and how hard he's been working this offseason. He was also at the facility earlier, but uh, Keith uh, answered that question, but he also said nobody's talking about Morgan Riley and how hard he's worked. Um, so I do think he's going to have a big year, and I could I could even see him maybe having a better year than he did two years ago. And I am disappointed I didn't get the chance to take him in my fantasy draft, too. That would have been a big add. Where'd he go in your draft? Um, he went, he went early. He went early. Uh, he, he was taken just before I took, uh, Tory Krug because I needed a defenseman. I think it was my second defenseman that I took Krug on. Uh, I, I forget what round must've been like, I think you, I think six, I six, seven. Like, yes. Yeah. I think I remember around 60 for Krug. 60, yeah, something. exactly. Um, yeah, I think- yeah, I think Riley will have a better year this year just because he's going to be getting those consistent power play one minutes rather mm-hmm. than definitely splitting time with Barry or whatever stupid stuff was going on last year with the two of them. And, and also, I, I think they 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 don't have another naturally gifted offensive defenseman on on their decor now. Brody is more defensive. Muzzin defensive. Um, Hall is – I mean, you can make the not argument that NHL Hall is – Hall is not <laughs> enough. Are you – NHL defenseman. Um, and then they got uh, Bogosian, who's not offensive. Miko Lettinen's – I would. we don't really know what to expect from Lettinen, but I think he he's should more be offensive. offensive, but I don't think he'll step into that role right away, obviously. Definitely It'll take not. a bit of time to, to figure it out. I think Sandine is uh, obviously offensive as well, but – it. Right now, it's looking like he doesn't have a spot. No, I think he should play instead of Hall, to be perfectly honest. I think really? him playing with Muzzin would be great for his development. I I don't know if he could do it for as many minutes as, as Muzzin's going to be playing this year, because I think Muzzin will be well over 20 minutes a game. I don't know if we would want Sandine out there, but I think if you kind of do what they're doing with Thornton, where you put Sandine out there for a good portion of the time with, with Muzzin. And then maybe later on in the game, you move Letton in there, you move Bogosian up there. If you want to go more defensive, I think that would be an option, but I just, I don't know. I, I don't know what the point of playing Hall over Sandine is. I don't think Hall is at this point that much of a better option than Sandine. And I think even if he is a better option, you have to weigh the development of a player. Like, who knows what's happening with the AHL this year? I already saw today, I think three or four teams opted out of the season. Yeah. So who knows what that looks like? Are you going to send them over to, to Sweden to play? I, I don't know why you'd want to do that. Um, I just think this year, especially, I think Sandine needs to get minutes. And I, I just don't think Hall does enough to, to help us win over Sandine to, to take a complete, pretty much a full year off of his development if he gets no playing time anywhere. Mm-hmm. I think um, the, w- the one thing that, that is probably keeping Sandine out of the lineup is just the fact that he's left-handed. I'm, I, I assume if he's a right-handed defenseman, he would take Hall's spot, but Hall is the, that right guy they need. They want to have 
two guys, uh, right hand, two right-handed guys on the on the bottom pairs. Brody's obviously left-handed. He's going to be playing with with Riley. Uh, that's the only exception there. Um, but I I think especially with this season, with so many back-to-backs, or I don't know if there's going to be back-to-backs, but so many uh, series and the schedules come out and you're only playing six teams the whole year um and it's like three game series so you want to be changing up the lineup i would say every day um so i assume sandine's gonna get you know half the playing time it might be him and Lettinen that get swapped around just because they they want to keep the same handedness on the team um but the the one guy we're not talking about is travis dermott you think he's just donezo? Like he he shouldn't get a, a a spot on this team anymore. Yeah, I mean, I think you look at the the top six as it sits right now, and then plus Sandine, and then plus maybe even arguably Liljegren might be ahead of him in in the pecking order. There, I yeah, I don't know. I I think you might even I I doubt he has much value at this point, but you might look to to trade him. Um, which which kind of yeah. sucks, but I I don't know I don't, I don't think he's ever gonna be. He looked like he had top four upside a couple years ago, but at this point I I just don't really see it anymore. I think he'll be kind of a bottom pairing guy his whole career. So I just think he doesn't. Again, he he doesn't do enough to help us win to warrant um, getting those minutes. I think I think this year it'd be good to hang on to him just to have that depth. I think as a what a eighth or ninth defenseman i think it, that he's great for for just to have that that insurance because i think this year especially like who knows what's going to happen with with covid somebody tests positive quarantining like you've seen the nba has been pretty good they've gone off with with just kind of minor problems but you saw just durant the other day is out a week because he's quarantining so you don't know how often that's going to happen in the nhl so i think this year you need all the depth you can have and I think holding on to Dermot would be good, even if he doesn't play that many minutes. It's just nice to have that insurance. And I think looking at depth elsewhere, I think I really like what they did in net. They have a solid backup now for the first time, I think we can say, in, in years. He's on my fantasy team, Jack Campbell. Saw that. He's yeah, on I my think, team. And I think it could do wonders. I mean, it's not like Anderson played poorly against Columbus, but I think it'll be nice for Anderson just to – not be playing the the huge number of games that he has been and and let Campbell take a couple off his hands but even after Campbell there's two Hutchison who obviously didn't play that well for us but went over to the Avs and and looked all right even played in what two playoff games which (laughs) who would have thought you would have seen him playing playoff games but he's nice to have as a fourth option and then Aaron Dell who who looks who looks okay in, in limited time in the NHL I think he's a great third option to have so I think beliefs have have better depth than they have had in net in in years and then on forward I we're a little bit sparse on the wings um after obviously giving up Kapanen and Janssen but I think the bottom six I think we did a great job kind of just bringing in guys on one-year deals just as hey if you do well you can get playing time if not then it was no risk like Jimmy VC and he's a second line player at DC right now I, yeah, I did line. notice that actually. I I doubt that that's gonna stick, but um, okay, yeah, yeah. But like guys like VC, um, who else? They signed Augustino last year, I think. Simmons they brought in. Um, Barabanov. Barabanov, who, who could be a. Who knows what he's gonna do? It's 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 no risk one year deal. If he does great, then 
And they have Nick Robertson, who's not in the lineup right now, but he could also fill in a top six role if BC doesn't work out. I assume that the Leafs aren't just going to keep him on the bench the whole year or in the in the press box the whole year. No, yeah, I they're think going to be playing him. Get, I think he'll definitely get playing time. I I think I I think I'd like to see him if he has a good camp, put him into that top 6 and for for a couple games at least and just see see how he does. I think I don't see how he would look completely at a place on a line with Tavares and and Nylander. No. I think he he brings a lot of speed, a good shot. Um yeah, I think he could fit in very well with those two guys. I think it's kind of hard not to playing with two guys with that kind of skill. The the one downside you looked at that might push that does push Hyman into into the third line, which which I don't necessarily like. I think Hyman deserves top six minutes. Um, but yeah, I, I would love to see Robertson kind of start out the year in the top six and maybe give him some time on the on the second power play unit and see how he does if it doesn't work out then you can always move him down and try a guy like Mikhaev or Hyman or um, even Barabanov up there and yeah see what that turns out Joey Anderson is a name that that I'm sure will be around the team he yeah, brings some, some grit and some he looked decent and in, in limited time in the NHL with the Devils so he's another guy to look out for um yeah I, I just think the the Leafs did did really well this offseason picking up a ton of depth, which will which will help them this year because there's there's going to be injuries. There's who knows what's going to happen with COVID and, and all that crazy stuff. So I think this year is depth um, in all positions is important. And yeah, I think they've done well to go out and get another guy, Engvall. I think he'll be around the team. He deserves, a, I think, a spot uh, at least on the fourth line. Um, I think he... I don't know. You don't like Engvall? I'm not a big fan of Engvall. And... He wasn't like he was okay in the playoffs. In the uh, the, I think he played three of the games or four of the games. Um, I'm not a fan. I don't think he brings anything really offensively, and I don't know if he's the best defensively to be honest either. Like, yeah, he's he could he can kill penalties, but I think they have better options. Um, and I also would like to see Barabanov up over him, Robertson over him, Spezza over him. Um, I don't really know if there's a spot. I think he's kind of left out. And he's also making over a mil. So that's not the best thing to be having a guy who's who's sitting every night or most of the nights making over a mil. Um, but he's still young. He can still grow. I know Keith likes him. So, uh, yeah, he's going to get some playing time. But I'm not the biggest fan of Engvall. Um, but but yeah, like you said, the, their depth is good. They they have a really deep forward core. Even though they lost Cappy and and Andreas Janssen, uh, they they made up for it, and they still got a lot of talent. And if Matthews and and Marner and Tavares and Nylander continue to score, I'm sh- I'm sure they're going to be fine offensively. And also, their Canadian div- division isn't the toughest, um, so I think they'll be okay. Um, I saw this uh, "Would You Rather" thing on Sportsnet. Uh, Sean McKenzie was asking Chris Johnston and Steve Dangle some questions. Um, just going off the top of my head here, trying to see if I remember them. I remember at least one, and I'll ask you: Would you rather, if you're the Leafs this year, would you rather have Austin Matthews win the Rocket or Morgan Riley win the Norris? Um, and I'll, I can go first. 
Yeah, you go I'm going to say think about it. I'm going to say Riley win the Norris because Morgan Riley is he's he's arguably your most important player. If you don't have him, then then your defensive core is is a lot weaker than than it is. And Austin Matthews, you already know he's he's going to score a lot of goals. He doesn't need to win the rocket and that gap between between Matthews not winning it and like Matthews has the potential to win it or has the potential to be a great goal scorer in the league. He doesn't have to win the rocket with Riley. Nobody's expecting him to win the Norris. Like I would expect him to just put up 45 points this year, be a decent defenseman. But if he wins the Norris, that means he would have to have a better season than he did two years ago, because I don't think he even got many votes in that year. So he would have to have a season that exceeds that. Probably looking at 60, 65 points for Riley. And then a good plus minus, good defensively, obviously. Um, I think there's just that a bigger gap between Riley not winning it and if he was to win it, then Matthews is for the Rocket. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I see what you mean. It, w- it would be it would be more beneficial for the team for Riley to win the Norris because it would mean he was a lot better than expected. Whereas if Matthews won exactly. the rocket, it's, it's like, okay, that's a good season, but it's not that far off what he, what he was probably going to do anyway. Exactly. Um, I don't know. It, it's tough for me. I feel like, I, I don't know if Riley can ever be a Norris winning defenseman. Um I feel like Norris, it kind of tends to skew a little bit more offensively, which helps Riley, but there still is obviously that um, defensive consideration that the, that they put into it. And I just, I don't think the Leafs are ever going to be a great defensive team with Riley. I don't think it's it's his fault, obviously, but um, I just think that they, they don't really play a super defensive brand of hockey because they have that so much firepower up front that they can kind of afford to, to give up more shots and give up more goals. And I think that's just the way they're going to play. Um, so I think it would be great for, for Riley to win the Norris, but I, I don't think he, he has to for this team to, to do better. I think, I think Matthews, just to kind of, maybe I probably would have gone Riley winning the Norris, but because you said it, I'll, I'll pick Matthews winning the Rocket. I think just this year, there's a lot more question marks on forward than there has been in the past. Um, Tavares, he had a, a pretty good year last year, but a lot of people were, were kind of giving him a lot of stick last year for the way he played. He looked looks like he's a bit slower. Um, who knows, like a lot of people are, are thinking he might not be a point-of-game player anymore. and um, I think he has a lot to prove this year. He's a pretty big question mark. Marner is, I think, I think it's, you know what you're going to get with him. Nylander, um, he, he has to be the, the second best winger on the team this year. He, yeah. he has to be because there's, there's nobody else that really can come close to touching him. Um, so he needs to have a great season. Um, and then you look at losing Janssen, losing Cappy. Those are two middle six wingers that uh that chip in with about 15 to 20 goals each so that's a lot of goals we're missing and yeah we brought in some depth for the bottom six but I think I think unless Robertson manages to step up and have a I don't know obviously not 20 goals but a 20 goal pace for an 82 game season I think if he can do that that kind of 
mitigates things, but that's a big question mark too. So I think that's if he gets into the lineup too. Yeah, exactly. You don't even know if he's getting into the lineup. So I think just with all the question marks up front in terms of just flat out goals, I think it would be nice if, if you could know going to the season that Matthews is going to win the rocket with, I don't know what that would be this year, maybe 35, 40 goals. Um, Maybe that's pushing. Yeah. Yeah. 35 (laughs) um, would be a great season. So yeah, I think, I think if you could go into the year and tell me Matthews is going to win the rocket with 35 goals, I would say, okay, I'll take that rather than Riley winning the Norris. Cause I just don't think he has to, for the team to be that good. I think Muzzin and Brody will, will bring the defense that we haven't seen before. I think even Bogosian on the bottom six or the bottom pairing will um, bring, bring that added defense too that was not being brought by Martin Marincin. Um So yeah, I, I just think, Matthews getting those sure goals from Matthews up front is is better than having an amazing season from Riley just because I think the Leafs need more sure things and goals this year than they do defensive play. All right, fair enough. Yeah, it's a good point. I agree. Like if Matthews could win the Rocket, like yeah, I would take that. But uh, yeah, equally good points, I would say. Um, it's 120 a.m. <laughs> Let's, uh, we can wrap it up now. Um, yeah, Leaf season starts January 13th. Um, it's going to be a good year, I think. I think, you know, if if there was ever a year that the Leafs could could capitalize on on a a a, a weaker schedule, I guess you could say, um, this would be their chance. They don't have Boston in their division. They don't have Tampa in their division. No Florida. Um, and they're the favorites to win the Canadian division. So let's hope they do that. Um, and then I believe the first two rounds of the playoffs as well are against Canadian teams. So that's huge because that's a, a trip to the Eastern Conference final if they come out on top of that, um, which is, is what they need. They need a bit of luck, and they got to capitalize on their opportunity this year. So, yeah, that kicks off on the 13th. If you haven't watched my Leafs hype video, go watch that. It was posted two videos ago. Uh, so take a look at that. And, yeah, Tyler, thanks for coming on. You're great, as always. Um, appreciate it. Uh, thanks for encouraging me to do this podcast tonight. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, and unfortunately, we aren't celebrating a Team Canada win. But it is what it is. Got to give credit to the States. But uh, Canada will be back in a lot more gold medal games in the future. So don't worry about that. We aren't going anywhere. And yeah, for you guys, make sure you subscribe to the channel, like the video, do all that stuff. Um, And we'll be back pretty soon. I got two more videos coming out this week. So watch out for those and we'll be back soon. Take care and I'm going to bed.